what will your future look like? The job you do today could be different than the jobs of tomorrow. Some see this as a challenge. At UCF, we see opportunity. A chance for you to grow your knowledge and strengthen your skills from anywhere life might take you. With in-demand degree programs and resources for your success, UCF Online can help you prepare for the future and all the possibilities that come with it. From the University of Central Florida's Center for Distributed Learning, I am Tom Cavanaugh. And I am Kelvin Thompson. And you are listening to TopCast, the teaching online podcast. That's what the top stands for, teaching online podcast. Capital Hi, T, capital O, yep. capital P. Yes. Hello, Tom. Yeah. So, you know, just in case someone's catching us for the first time, and they're mm-hmm. wondering, what's this top business? Mm-hmm. Well, there's a method to our madness. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of tops things <laughs> in our in our our inventory here at UCF. We, Certain it's a bit family of a resemblance. Theme. Yeah, yes. that, <laughs> we keep going back to the same well, but that's okay. It's yep. Okay. Teaching online pedagogical repository top er, yep. uh, teaching online preparation toolkit top kit, yep. and the teaching online podcast top cast. Yep, we got to come up with some more. <laughs> There's already okay. a top hat. That's a commercial vendor. No relation. <laughs> no, no, relation. relation. no relation. No relation. Yeah. So, very cool. Um, we've got an interesting topic today, Kelvin, but uh-huh. before we uh-huh. get into that, mm-hmm. uh, on the Zoom, I see mm-hmm. you sipping something that you poured into my cup just mm-hmm. moments ago. What's in the thermos? Well, Tom, today's coffee is a single origin. Ethiopia Yergachev from Cup to Cup Coffee Roasters in Savannah, Georgia. While we always say that TopCast is a, quote, collegial conversation about online teaching and learning conducted over a shared cup of coffee, unquote, I was struck by the statement the roasters put on this bag of coffee. They said, and I quote, coffee is relational. There's something about sitting down and enjoying a good cup of coffee that breaks down barriers and opens the door to friendship, unquote. I thought that was a particularly good reminder as we start today's episode. Yeah. So how's the coffee and how's the connection? All right. I like the coffee a lot. It's good. Mm-hmm. I think we've had Yurgachev before yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, on the podcast. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. a name one does not forget. No. And uh, I think the connection's pretty good. So, um, you said uh, coffee is relational, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. uh, Would you say breaks breaks down barriers and opens opens doors? Um, Yeah, I I think both of those relate to the topic of the day, the topic Mm -hmm. du jour. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Am I in that, that ballpark? Yeah, that's exactly that's exactly right. And uh, <laughs> I'll give the inverse of that too, right? I think that sometimes contentious topics can lead to fights and battle lines and fractured relationships. So we don't want none of that. We don't no. want none of that. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so yes, today uh, I'll I'll warm us up by saying that uh, during more than one year of emergency ad hoc remote instruction in which there was near ubiquitous use of synchronous online video conferencing platforms, Hello Zoom and others, one issue that surfaced as important and uh, dare I say contested was the question of whether or not 
to require students to have their webcams on by default. Since synchronous online elements are likely to remain a part of our higher education experience, to some extent or another, even beyond remote instruction, we thought a deep dive might be in order on the cameras on versus cameras off debate. We're going to try to remain civil and courteous while discussing the issues, just as we hope all of us do every day. Civil and courteous, yes. So, you know, are you ready to rumble? <laughs> Kelvin and I are going to take opposite sides of this, of this issue, and for the purposes of the discussion, I... Tom, will be taking the pro position of cameras shall be on, while Kelvin is going to take the con position of cameras. We don't need no stinking cameras. <laughs> cameras will be off. And so while we don't really intend to quote-unquote debate the issues formally, we will try to have a robust exchange of ideas in a way that will allow us a fuller airing of the perspectives on both sides. And there are legitimate perspectives yeah, on both yeah. sides. Yeah, for sure. And you know, it's probably, before we get into that, Tom, as we were saying right before we hit record, it's, it's probably good to just to kind of lay out a little um, prefacing, uh, uh, some disclaimering here that, you know, there was synchronous online teaching and learning going on before the COVID-19 pandemic. and. I would assume that in uh, those courses and programs that, you know, you would follow good practice that you would do for any online course. You know, you communicate expectations well in advance and you do so systematically. Like if it was part of a program, you would lay out program expectations. Like, I don't know, like you got to have a webcam and, you know, here's what we do with the webcams and, and all that. But when the pandemic came along, right? everything's out the window, we're making this stuff up as we're going along with remote instruction. Um, so it's not been, um, you know, such a, such a established kind of a, kind of a practice. So as we are having this conversation, we probably, you know, we're, I think we're talking about how do we move forward, not what was all the hubbub, you know, for the, whatever it was, you know, 18 yeah. plus months. Right. Yeah, and I think that's that's a valid context to to begin with. So um, maybe as part of my opening statement mm. for the pro position, um, mm. I'll start there because I, I do I totally agree that it's a completely different context during the pandemic. Students were thrust into a fully remote, synchronous in in most cases environment where either they didn't have a webcam and you couldn't buy one. You literally couldn't buy one. They didn't exist. Right. Yeah. So you, you might not have had access to one no matter what you did. Even if you were willing to pay for it, you, you had no access to one. We were providing students with workarounds on how to turn their, their iPhones and you know, Samsungs and things into webcams for purposes of participating in class. And that's not ideal. But maybe the bigger issue, and the one that's maybe more germane to the follow-on conversation, is also the, um, the kind of the personal circumstances that students are in, in, in many cases, uh, and particularly for a lot of the students we serve. Uh, we serve a lot of Pell-eligible students who, you know, don't come from a lot of means. And there may be concerns about, 
you know, exposing the circumstances that they live in. And there might be some embarrassment about, you know, certainly they don't need to feel that, but I understand why people, why people do, and they don't want to show where they live. Um, so during the pandemic, people had no control over either one of those things, either the access to a webcam or the fact that suddenly they're in a remote environment that, um, that they didn't choose. And as a result, I think that um, the, the rules were, went out the window if there were any. And I think there's an awful lot of grace we needed to give to students and, and understanding. What I'd like to do now, though, is sort of flip the page and say, okay, we're sort of past those circumstances. At least here in the state of Florida, we're pretty much back to the kind of section schedule by modality that we had pre-pandemic, where if you want to take a face-to-face class, you have that option. So if you're taking an online class or a remote class, and I do draw a distinction, as you know, as you mm-hmm. agree, uh, between those two things, then, um, then it's your choice. You're making a choice to take a class in that, in that modality. And as a result, I think that you, you need to conform to the uh, requirements and expectations of the faculty of that class and of the institution. And as somebody who's, who's held an awful lot of meetings lately and done an awful lot of webinars where people do not put their cameras on, it's, it sucks the complete energy out of you to just talk to a bunch of black squares with white names. I've done it, and it's no fun. And I understand that if somebody's a faculty member, there's a performative aspect to that. And that's part of what they like. And they also want to be able to get something back from the students. Like, is this connecting? Or if it's not connecting, do I need to go into more detail? And you can see that on people's faces. And um, you you know that they're at least sort of attending um, if you can kind of see their faces and not multitasking or watching TV in the background or playing video games or something. So uh, I get the argument from faculty that um, now in a more normal context, I recognize we're not 100% normal, but in a normal-ish, more than we were a year ago context, that, um, that cameras on is not an unrealistic expectation and that, um, that students should understand the rules and the expectations when they sign up for a class like that. So there's my pro position. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks for that. Um, so I, I guess I'll state as an opening of the con position of cameras should not be on uh, by default as a requirement. You know, I'll say that I think that the that often the cameras on requirement uh, perspective tends to hang around the word engagement, right? Um, but is it really engagement, right? It, it's really more accountability. It's it's demonstrating that students are present and listening, or at least giving the appearance of doing so. And that's kind of a rather passive conception of engagement. It's It's like engagement from an instructor perspective rather than engagement from a student perspective. So I'd like to offer instead, you know, um, a a centering around a different word. Um, I'd say let's center around the word include. Let's include all the students. And if you work from a non-camera on default 
perspective, that allows everybody to start equitably and inviting either cameras on when it is value add to do so or even exploring alternative engagement techniques, um, that is techniques in which students actually engage through contributing uh, rather than just doing the Zoom smile, um, that could be carried out in a variety of ways. It, it demonstrates a valuing of all students equitably, and it demonstrates a desire to include everyone. I mean, it, it's kind of consistent with our general higher ed emphasis on diversity and equity and inclusivity. You know, and I think the diversity thing, right, we don't always know what's going on um, with students. Uh, there could be any number of circumstances that, that um, aren't just about you know, showing you know privacy concerns or showing one's um, own uh, household background. There's any number of of things that uh, could be going on, and I think for some faculty who who get into the the requiring cameras on thing, there might be a certain level of naivete. You know, not necessarily problematizing or recognizing the the variety of situations that students might find themselves in or needs that they have. And there, I ran across recently a really interesting infographic from Appalachian State University, maybe we'll throw it in the show notes, that just kind of unbundles a lot of the issues um, and gives a little bit of a decision-making flowchart that, again, uh, enriches the, the decision-making rather than just sort of saying, hey, turn your cameras on, you know, well, what are you trying to do here? And what are your other alternatives? So I think that kind of, that kind of inclusivity actually is more likely to lead to real engagement than the, than the turn your cameras on um, engagement argument really is. And then finally, I guess I would say that, um, you know, where's the data? Um, we talk a lot about like turn the cameras on to get uh, engagement. But I have, I've looked and I can't find any data that actually says that cameras on leads to uh, engagement or learning. But I can find data that speak to the problems of turning uh, cameras on by a uh, as a default. Um, so I ran across this quote recently from our colleague Rachel um, Stern Longman in a conference presentation that I'll, maybe I'll just end with. She said, quote, cameras do nothing to engage attention and requiring them can do quite a lot of harm, unquote. So that, that's the end of my con physician opening statement and looking forward to a conversation around this topic now. Yeah, well, I will say that the con position is certainly the prevailing one in the Twitter sphere. Um, if you follow along any of this debate, there's very few that at least are willing to venture out on the Twitter sphere and and say, uh, no, we need to require cameras. It's mostly from faculty on campus that I hear that. Yeah, me too. Um, so, um, okay. So having stated both positions, mm -hmm. I, I, I think it's fair to say it depends, right? <laughs> that's, you know, that's our standard answer to it, everything it is, on but show. It is, but it's so true. Uh, it really and, is. I, and I actually I mean, although I think we're, it's a little bit of a straw man where you're sort of taken aside, I, I think we're both probably somewhere in the middle, but maybe leaning yeah. towards the actual sides that we talked yeah, yeah, about. Yeah. I think that's true. Um, so um, I, I, think, I think you make fair points that if you, if you have to mandate engagement by requiring a camera 
on that forces a student to stare at you, but be <laughs> bored silly while doing it. And it's an hour and a half online lecture that you have to sit through. Or I've seen others, not here so much here at UCF, but at other schools, like hours, literally <laughs> hours, like three hours where you just got to sit there and listen. Um, then I get it. Uh, that's not really engagement. Design your course so that students want to participate. Um, right. So, yeah, I, I, I get that. But by the same token, I mean, you've done it where you've talked to a room, a, mm-hmm. a Zoom room full of just nothing, and mm-hmm. it's, it's exhausting, and it, it's not fun, and it's sort of depressing. And I think that for faculty to do their best work, we have to find something in the middle here where we're mm-hmm. fair and equitable to students, but also recognize that if the students were in class, you'd be seeing their faces. And this mm-hmm. is sort of an analog of that. So, so how, do we, how do we thread that needle is the hard part, I guess. Yeah, I, I, I think those are all good points I, that I agree with. You know, it depends. I think you're right. I think we're probably personally um, both closer toward the middle and maybe tilting one, dire- you know, one direction or the, or the other. Um, and yes, I, I, I have personally had the experience you've described, and I, I, I do resonate with it, right? Um, hey, I spend a lot of my time podcasting like you do, so I know what it is to speak into the void <laughs> to, to the listener that you can't see. Um, so I am practiced at that, but there is something about looking at the screen and there's just a whole lot of nothing. Um, but I do wonder if some of that, uh, that middle ground that you talk about, the, you know, kind of the, the, you know, not an extreme view, but, you know, how do you move forward productively, I, I think is invitational. Uh, I think you and I have talked about this offline before the, you know, just even stating a, a rationale, like, why would you want cameras to be on right now, right? Or, or adopting conventions. I think we've both seen some, maybe our listeners have too. Um, I've noticed a lot of communities where um, either purposefully or or circumstantially uh, conventions have emerged where if listening, cameras are off, and when speaking, cameras are on. And, you know, that's something. Yeah. Um, but it's not, it doesn't completely address what you were concerned about, right? About the, you're speaking to the... <laughs> You're speaking yeah. to the void, as you as you say. Yeah, but and maybe the answer is in design, right? Yes. Um, so yes. that that is a design, sort of a blunt instrument design. Yeah. You know, yeah. you can keep them off while you're listening, but turn them on while you're yeah. talking. Um, but like, if you if you move from a passive lecture oriented sort of instructional design to something right. more active, where you're going into breakouts or something mm-hmm. like that, it, you could come up with a convention where it's all right. If you're in the big room. And maybe it's even a large class. There's not a lot of value add to having the camera on if you're just mm-hmm. you know one in a sea of little boxes. But when you go into the breakout room and and there's like five of your classmates and you're working on a project together, I, I actually think it's rude to keep the camera off in that circumstance. Um, I, you know, it, unless there's a really compelling reason to to have it off. But if there's not, if it's a preference, then I think turn it on when you're when you're in a small group setting like that um, because I think it makes a difference where you can see your colleague's face if you're collaborating on some active learning project. And then when you come back to the big room, maybe, you know, it's more of a webinar kind of a, a format where you can turn the, turn the turn the cameras off. Maybe maybe that's a way to kind of thread the needle a little bit. Yeah, I, you know, personally, I just want to pick up on that word that you said. I think it's an important word, design right? Intentionality, 
um, having some kind of a rationale that undergirds what you're what you're trying to do, um, that leads you to you know, actually plan for things to happen in a certain way. And whether that's making use of the webcams uh, all the time or some of the time, or even with no expectation of the webcams, the the idea of engaging with students and ha- and actually hearing from, like you said with the breakouts, having students contribute in some way, that that's powerful, right? I, I was reminded um, uh, as thinking about this uh, this conversation, I was reminded about some work that I consulted a million years ago when I was doing my doctoral studies. Um, it's like a 1990 uh, book called The Spectrum of Teaching Styles. And, you know, there's, you know, very descriptive kind of um, formulations of, of, you know, kind of particular approaches to teaching in different kind of settings. I want to say they were um, a couple of physical education uh, teachers, actually, I, th- I think. So highly interactive, uh, as I recall. But the underlying framework was a continuum of complete teacher decision-making versus the other end of complete student decision-making. And I've often found that a helpful reference point, right? That what you want is your students involved and engaged. You know, sometimes when I'm working with faculty and instructional designers, I've kind of borrowed that continuum and I've said that, you know, engagement kind of exists on a continuum. There's like attention, which is like the lowest level of engagement. And it's kind of like that, that, uh, like you said, it's kind of, you know, you're, you're listening, it's passive versus all the way to the other end is more what we call, you know, in the trade, active learning, you know, where students are really, you know, doing uh, stuff. And along the way, there are gradations and to, to really meaningfully involve students uh, means they they have some kind of stake. You know, you're respectfully inviting them to share some of themselves and their ideas. And I, I think the, the details can work out. Like if, if students are, are sharing something, whether that's in text, uh, in a chat, or via video, or via pre-recordings, or whatever, then engagement is really going to result. Something that's meaningful is going to result. Yeah, well, you mentioned the chat. That's been an interesting phenomenon where you see the... I actually have not taught an asynchronous course. I've only mm-hmm. taught online asynchronously, and I've taught face-to-face. But mm-hmm. um, I have not taught a synchronous live course on video. But I've done enough meetings and webinars and presentations and stuff that I think I can have an analog. So that you can have a chat going that is hyper-engaged mm-hmm. and uh, to the point where you almost can't keep up with it. Mm-hmm. Um, that can be a really effective strategy as yep. well as a, as a um, substitute potentially for yep. just kind of visual engagement. Right. Right. And if that's happening, I don't have a problem with that. It's sort mm-hmm. of, it, it's consistent with what I've always said about an asynchronous online course where like I've seen some super interactive, effective asynchronous online courses that don't have a, a, a lick of media in it. Like there's yep. no right. video and stuff in it, but they're just designed in such a way where people are just interacting and they're, maybe they're working on asynchronous threaded discussions on, and they're, they've got projects and there's a lot of kind of sidebar conversations going on and it's, it's really, really, you know, involved. But there's no video or, or media. I think it's the same thing. If you have a really effective chat or if you have a good use of polls or mm-hmm. you set up some whiteboards or whatever it is, you know, use the tools that are at your disposal. You can compensate for the 
just a blunt instrument video. I want to see your eyeballs. But I'll be the first to admit that I've been in plenty of meetings. Usually I'm not like a critical participant uh, where the camera's off and I got two screens and I got email on one and I got the <laughs> webinar on the other. Um, and students are doing the same thing. But when my camera's on, it forces me to, to not do that. To, it's Although, an, to back to your word. It's an accountability sort of yeah, measure. Yeah. Although there is the the Zoom smile phenomenon. I've watched. I know. I've watched some colleagues, probably not here at UCF, probably other places. Oh, never at UCF. Yeah, never, no. never at UCF. <laughs> who who have who've perfected the Zoom smile? Yeah. They're doing all kind of things over <laughs> here, you know, out of out of the field of view. You know, it's just fast. <laughs> Fascinating. I, I wanted to pick up one thing that you, you talked about of, um, like you said, it can be, for instance, using the idea of um, the chat in the webinar or synchronous teaching um, uh, uh, formats, you know, the text chat thing, it can be hard to keep up with. And that's another design opportunity, right? Uh, it, it, it doesn't take a lot. It just takes a little bit of upfront decision making to say, hey, I know my limitations. I'm going to have uh, a designated person who is going to uh, read through, right, and at particular moments, every few minutes or so, you know, I can't keep up with it, but I could say, Tom, uh, anything that we should comment on? Why, why yes, Kelvin, uh, we have uh, a comment from Sally Sue and, and Jamal, and uh, perhaps they would like to unmike and or unmute and, and make those comments out loud. You know, that's a way of planning ahead that doesn't require you to do every single thing yourself. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I, like you said, it goes back to design. Yeah, just like everything else, everything um, goes back to design. It does, and and that's that's the essence of quality, uh, at yeah. least for instruction. It, it's design. You can't just wing it. And um, there was a there's a a concept that um, that we studied in my doctoral program called remediation from a professor mm -hmm, at Georgia mm -hmm. Tech. And I probably have talked about this on the podcast before, but but just to quickly recap: the idea is that anytime you introduce some sort of new media, it it remediates the old media. Mm -hmm. So when television was first introduced, all it was was radio on uh, with cameras. And um, that wasn't the best format for that. And it took a while for television to figure out what it was and become actually a unique medium unto itself. And Zoom, at least during the pandemic, and maybe echo, kind of lingering on afterwards, was remediating bad lecture-based instruction. Yeah, right. And uh, that's not what we want. What mm -hmm. we want to do is mm -hmm. design it for the medium. Um, mm -hmm. And I don't know, may, maybe maybe this is an opportunity for us to kind of state our final cases. Mm -hmm. um, so I'll, I'll state mine as, as a, as a follow-on to that, to that mm -hmm. thought, that there probably are times when it makes sense for the camera to be on depending upon the design of the course. But I will concede to you, Dr. Thompson, <laughs> that, that uh, there are compelling reasons why, um, why uh, that's maybe not always a good idea, and it, nor should it just be the default. It needs to be intentional. You need to have a reason for having the cameras on, and um, it needs to be a value add for the instruction to accomplish the objectives. Yeah, I appreciate your reminder that we need to, you know, kind of put a button on these these positions because <laughs> I was ready to I was ready to land the plane. Um, 
Yeah. Well, well wrapping up the con position, I'll, I'll say again, uh, design and, in, and inclusivity uh, are, I think, the key words. And uh, I will concede to you, Dr. Kavanaugh, that there are certainly value-add times that uh, it would be beneficial for cameras to be on. Uh, I just think that we're probably wiser not to, uh, I'll use your phrase, blunt instrument require uh, as a default um, for them to be on, but to invite and, and have value-add opportunities um, where students can contribute meaningfully to their learning communities. And, and if, we're, if we're focusing on those things, then good things are probably going to happen, you know, like learning, maybe. <laughs> Calvin, if we drew a Venn diagram of our debate, I think you and I would be in the overlap right now. Oh, It'd that's good. Two different spots, but we'd be in the overlap. So I, I, I think, think this was right. a very productive debate. That's good. I think a lot well, of our politicians could learn a lot from TopCast. That's right. We could make some money as consultants. But I don't, <laughs> I don't right. think I want to work in that field, though. i got to no. tell you. <laughs> no, me either. All right, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and wrap it up here. Please do. With, uh, with the bottom line. So I, I, think, um, I think we can say synchronous online activities are likely to remain a part of our digital teaching and learning ecosystem going forward. As with other design and teaching considerations, it is important to have an intentional rationale undergirding the use of webcams in these synchronous sessions. Mm -hmm. No matter which side of the cameras on versus cameras off debate you find yourself on personally, addressing all of the concerns of faculty and students is an important part of our work. Mm -hmm. And we must do so respectfully and collegially. Hear, hear. Hear, hear. Hear, hear. Harumph, harumph. I concede two minutes to my colleague from across the <laughs> hall here. That's right. That's awesome. Well, uh, well said. That that's good. And um, uh, speaking of conceding time, I think I'll I'll, I'll concede uh, the plug that maybe I would have made for the next episode. We'll we'll do that, and we'll we'll come in in a very pleasant time for this episode, probably. <laughs> All right. Well, until next time for Topcast. I'm Tom. I'm Kelvin. See ya.